Merry Christmas. This podcast is brought to you by Farmstead, the fresh meat experts. And when it comes to Christmas, we have the perfect range for your menus, including all those festive classics like turkey and gammon to something a little different like our jumbo pigs in blankets. When it comes to our range, we pride ourselves on consistency, quality and value. So you can really put your trust in Farmstead this Christmas and beyond. Hello and welcome to the Talking Food with Bid Food podcast. I'm Jan Gliss and for this episode we'll be talking about Christmas. For this year, I'm hopeful that it'll be a little bit more of a positive occasion compared to last year for consumers with plenty of eating out occasions and family get-togethers. However, even without the restrictions we had before, it doesn't mean that this Christmas period will be as smooth as it has been in previous years. It feels like there is so much to consider for this year. Of course, there's still the wide range of challenges the industry faces, but also consumers' needs are constantly changing too, which makes it very hard to plan a concise menu that hits the mark. We'll go through all of this and more in this episode. And there's no one better to join me to co-host this one than Mrs. Christmas herself, Laura Mason. Laura looks after our Christmas campaign as a campaigns and brand manager at Bidfood. Welcome to the podcast for the first time, Laura. Thanks, Joe. I'm really excited to be on my first ever podcast. I've been listening to the episodes um, over the last year and yeah, I'm really excited to be here and talk all things Christmas. Thank you. It's great to have you on. Um, before we start, can you share a little bit about your role here at Bidfood? Yes, so I am Senior Campaign and Brand Manager, um, worked for Bidfood for 10 years and looked after our Christmas campaign for four of those years. So I am exactly what you call me, Joe, Mrs. Christmas, when it comes to bid food. Um, and basically, it's from start to end, everything Christmas. So initial planning all the way through to, you know, how we're activating to our customers, how we're communicating to our customers all the way up until the big day, really. That's great. Thank you, Laura. Um, so there's obviously been lots of talk in the press about what's going on with the supply of food and drink up to Christmas. So before we talk about Christmas menus and how they will shape this year, I'll throw you straight in the deep end and uh, start you with what is probably the hardest question to answer, but how do you see Christmas being this year? I wish I had a crystal ball, Joe, and I could answer that question and know exactly what Christmas is going to be like, but there is just uncertainty. Um, I think this is probably the most challenging Christmas we've had since I've worked for Bid Food just because of all the things that are going on in the industry. But actually, when we started to plan it, we were also being really cautious. um, And we just wanted to put our customers at like front of mind. But actually, as the campaigns, you know, progressed, things have changed so much. But one thing I want to assure our customers is that we are continually trying to communicate with our sales teams, our depots and our customers to keep them up to date because We can't always predict what's going to happen, what's going to change. But I think communication is the biggest key um, when it comes to helping our customers deliver Christmas. But in terms of what Christmas actually means to people, it's still the same. And I think post-pandemic, it's even more important for people to, you know, be spending time with their loved ones. And I really do think Christmas, for what it actually truly means, is going to be the same if not better I think the job is just helping our customers to be able to deliver that to um, the consumers who are going to be eating and drinking out of home this year. 
I'd also like to add that if you are concerned about supply issues or want to learn more about the subject, our previous episode goes into great detail on this with our CEO, Andrew Selly and James Bealby from the FWD. However, for this episode, next up, we're going to be joined by Senior Insights Executive Holly Rogers to discuss the insight behind Christmas and how consumer habits are changing. Welcome back to the podcast. Holly, you're becoming a bit of a regular. I know. Thanks a lot for having me back, Joe. I'm looking forward to being back on the podcast and talking about Christmas as well. I feel like when we first started doing our Christmas research, it felt like Christmas was a million miles away and now it's absolutely flown by. Hasn't it just? Um, so as you said, you've been working on uh, the research for the Christmas campaign. Can you tell me a little bit about that, please? We were really keen to understand this year what the main difference is with Christmas now, post-pandemic, what might be different this year, and kind of what's the sentiment behind Christmas. Um, and like Laura mentioned before, I think what's been really challenging in terms of research this year is trying to gauge kind of how people are going to be at any point in the future because we've been living in so much uncertainty. We wrote a questionnaire to survey 2,000 adults um, in different regions around the UK and we wanted to cover the whole festive season, not just Christmas. So learn about what people are excited for in the run up to Christmas, as well as after Christmas and New Year's Eve, Christmas Eve, and their plans for the whole festive season. So one of the findings that you found is that people are traveling less. Uh, why is this? Yeah, so we saw that people are traveling a lot less than they usually would in the festive season. So we actually saw that almost six in 10 people don't intend to have any holiday or short break at all. Um, whether that's in the UK or internationally. Um, and I think a lot of that is to do with just the uncertainty. So at the time that we were asking people back in June, um, a lot of people hadn't booked any trips and they had kind of written off, I guess, the idea of a holiday because there was so much uncertainty. There was a lot of costs involved in terms of committing to a holiday or a trip that might not happen. And I think a lot of people as well have actually just got used to staying at home and spending more time locally. Um, so there's also a lot of people that are just quite happy doing that and maybe they don't feel that they need a holiday or a short break because they're enjoying what they're doing at home. And I think the opportunity for operators is that a lot of people who are missing out on holidays or perhaps um, staying home when they normally would have a holiday over the festive season, they might do more premium and exciting occasions and um, like nice dinners and drinks and things like that and kind of justify the spend with, oh, well, I'm not having a holiday this year. So I think there is a real opportunity there for more kind of, I guess, premium occasions and um, additional spend when people are out. But there's also quite a big chunk of people. So we saw about two in five people who are still very much on the fence. So whilst they don't have a holiday booked and they haven't committed to one yet, but they're very open to the idea of potentially having something last minute. So there will be people that are booking last minute breaks, but I think they're just hesitant to book something in advance while there is a lot of uncertainty around at the moment. And I think it just sort of highlights the opportunity out there um, that there are people staying more local, not going abroad um, for hospitality in particular. Like if they if people haven't booked already, that doesn't mean they're not going to book and actually to keep promoting um, what they've got going on at, at their restaurant or at their hotel. And it, that's all day as well. It's not just the evening anymore. You're it's like mm. brunches, lunch, mid-afternoon. There's so much opportunity out there. Um, to get uh, customers through your door so also Holly do you think 
celebrations will be bigger this year because people missed out last year and really want to catch up with more people? I don't know if they'll necessarily be bigger in terms of the actual celebrations and Christmas Day itself as well. I think what we'll see is that there'll be more frequent occasions and celebrations because people are really, really keen to see each other again, to be out and about and to be doing exciting festive things that they've missed out on last year. So I think... Um, there'll be a lot of, and our research showed as well, like one of the top three things that people were most excited for about the run up to Christmas was going out for food and drinks. And the number one thing that people were most excited about was seeing friends and family. So putting those together, there'll be a lot of people going out for social occasions, catching up with people, getting excited about Christmas. Um, It might be that they're doing it in smaller groups. It's not necessarily that each occasion is going to be huge. I just think we're going to see a lot more of them. Um, So I think group occasions and get togethers will be really popular and important for operators to, I suppose, consider in terms of their menus and even just the atmosphere as well in restaurants, because there's certain places that you go to eat. And, you know, if the music's really, really loud or the tables are too close together or there's not big tables for groups, they might lose out on those social occasions where I think operators should maybe be thinking about the kind of the social aspect as well as actually the food and the drinks and you know things like Christmas music in the background or how they can make the occasion feel a bit more festive and special I suppose. So talking about uh, group occasions Laura is there anything in our range that you would recommend that really works for this sort of type of dining? Yeah I think if we're moving away from larger groups potentially so you're not thinking about buffet so much but you may be thinking about maybe like a three four five course meal maybe looking at little plates and making them really special but smaller and we've got some beautiful products within our range we've got some lovely Bailey's macarons I think it's just adding that extra special touch to little dishes so maybe they're not eating as much um, but they're eating better um, and I think it's just adding that little bit of festive sparkle where we've got some beautiful desserts that, you know, you'd see the dessert come to the table and with your eyes, it looks amazing and it also tastes amazing. So I think it's just adding special dishes and special touches to meals to make it feel really special. That sounds really great, Laura. Um, Holly, as we approach Christmas, I think you spoke about it a little bit earlier on, but do you think people will be really hesitant to book up anywhere up until the last minute? I mean, there's still talk of like COVID cases and things like that. So that might stop people booking straight away. How do you see this planning out? Well, actually, in our research, we saw a bit of a mix. We definitely saw a proportion of people that seemed to be really, really eager and were booking things as early as about June and July. Um, and then there was also a group of consumers who actually won't book anything until December. Um, or November so there is a real mix and I guess people are hesitant with kind of making commitments and bookings I suppose around Christmas it's often more expensive and it often involves things like deposits and commitments when people are making bookings so you can totally understand why they'd be a bit more last minute Um, I think if if there are a lot of kind of flexible policies and cancellation policies and they're made clear to people then people will be much more likely Um, to commit to things and make bookings but I think what we did definitely see is that there was about a third of people I think it was that intend to eat and drink out more often than they usually would in the run-up to Christmas so even the people that might not have made bookings or committed to things early they're definitely still keen to go out a lot it's not that they're not excited and they're not expecting to 
they're just perhaps waiting till the last minute. So people will be going out and there will be a lot of excitement around Christmas, definitely. And do you think having a really good booking system is going to attract people? Because it's just so easy these days, isn't it? Just to log on your phone and book a restaurant for the next day. Um, so that must be a really key driver for like consumers um, looking to eat out. Definitely, I would say so. I think the more convenient that booking systems are made, the more likely people are to actually make bookings. But I think the main thing for the more cautious and hesitant consumers would be knowing that they are able to cancel it if they need to, or if they've put deposits down and they've committed financially. Um, And the rules change, for example, and there are more restrictions put in place, they will be able to do that. Um, I think that's probably people's main concern, especially in the run up to Christmas, a lot of people are feeling quite Um, I guess, more concerned financially and things are really expensive. So you can understand why they'd be more hesitant. Yeah, I agree. That's great. Thank you, guys. Next up, we'll be talking about hitting the mark with festive menus. Welcome back. So for when you're forward planning with your menu this Christmas, it can be very tricky to pick out what's going to be really popular or not. So Holly, what do you think will be the biggest factors to consider for menus this year? Well, we actually asked a couple of questions in our research about what people want to see on festive menus and on Christmas menus. Um, And again, there was a real mix of the the most popular kind of answers, I suppose, we got from people were people looking for really traditional Christmas dinners, winter comfort foods, festive desserts. But then there's also a lot of people who are looking for something really new and exciting to try. So something perhaps that they wouldn't make at home or something that they might not have had before. And I guess this is for a couple of reasons. I think people are a lot more concerned now than they were before the pandemic about quality and value for money. And so when they go out, they're wanting to see something that is worth spending their money on and something that they can't just do themselves. So something a bit different. But I think it's also that, as we've seen, there's going to be a lot more out-of-home occasions in the run-up to Christmas. And at the end of the day, how many Christmas dinners can you have? I think there'll be certain occasions where you want to go out, say you're at a work Christmas party and you're all having a Christmas dinner. But actually, if you're going out a few times a week in the run-up to Christmas, the chances are you're going to want to explore and experiment with different foods and different cuisines, as well as those typical festive foods. Yeah, it's definitely about getting that mix right, isn't it, between traditional and exciting and just something else um, on the menu uh, that customers can choose from as well. Um, So Holly, with a real drive for cost consciousness and value for money, what will attract customers this year? So we've seen that consumers are actually a lot more concerned with quality than they are with price. So they are cost conscious, but I think what people are more bothered about is actually getting value for their money and feeling like what they're getting has been worth the spend. Um, So I think one of the things, like I mentioned before, would be putting things on menus that may be a bit different, a bit unique. If they're serving desserts, say, how can they make them a bit more special and look a bit more exciting? You know, the whole kind of Instagrammable um, food or even if it's exciting decor or nice music. So there's some sort of atmosphere in the background that also makes the occasion feel more special. And that way, I think, people become less focused on the price and more focused on actually the quality of the experience they're having, if that makes sense. I I totally agree with you, Holly. Like, I feel like when you go out, it's not just about the food. It's all those different elements that bring it together, even as something as small as like customer service and how friendly 
you know, the server is to you or how you're greeted. I really do think it is about the wider experience, especially when it comes to Christmas. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing we've seen from research as well is that people are still very much concerned with hygiene measures Mm -hmm. and kind of health and safety. So they are definitely interested as well in kind of knowing what measures restaurants are taking and how safe they're going to feel, as well as the food and the drinks and the experience like we've spoken about. And with such a drive towards things like global cuisines over the pandemic, is this something that you see influencing menus for customers to consider? Yeah, I do, definitely. I think um, a bit like what I was saying before, I think when people are going out more often in the lead up to Christmas, they are going to kind of want to experiment with different things. They're going to want to try different cuisines, different dishes. And we have seen that since the pandemic, especially when people have been traveling less. And obviously during the festive season, we've seen people are, um, I suppose, sacrificing the holidays that they might have usually had. They're going to want to explore an adventure in different ways. So I think it, I think looking at different cuisines and different types of food will be something that's really important. And it can actually be that operators, I suppose, offer classic festive dishes and Christmas things, but they could even just have a bit of a global twist. It doesn't necessarily need to be a full menu of all different cuisines. There could be some different flavors or different ingredients that are added that give it a bit of a global twist, but also just make the menu feel a bit more unique. Definitely. And it's also great for specials. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be something that's on the menu all the time. It can just be adding something to a specials menu. I think my biggest tip would be for customers to keep your menus simple. I think it will really help with obviously supply chain issues that are going on as well, but keep it good and simple. Um, And I think that can also help our customers like reduce costs as well over the festive season. Um, So yeah, reducing the menu slightly, but maybe upping the quality of some of the dishes, making them a little bit more premium for the festive season. Yeah, I think the other thing as well in terms of simplified menus, um, one thing that we've seen throughout kind of the summer and the autumn as well, this isn't just for the festive season, but there's a big rise at the minute in customizable dishes. So if people are kind of looking to shorten their menus or perhaps struggling with different supply issues, one nice way to offer variety and maybe put different twists on dishes is to make them a bit customizable. And that means as well that people who are veggie or they're vegan or they're looking for kind of added extras and maybe some people might want to make their dish a bit more premium and then it's an upselling opportunity. They're quite a good one for people to have on menus as well. Absolutely. I think that's some really good advice there. I think stripping back your menu and making those small touches goes a really long way. Do you guys see that some of the big winners of the pandemic, like takeaway and home kits doing well this year too? Yeah, I think especially there are certain occasions that we've seen um, from our research that are more likely to be at home occasions. So Christmas Day, for example, a lot of people are staying at home, but also for New Year's Eve, the majority of people seem to be doing something relatively quiet. And it's not that they don't want to celebrate it, but they're just not that keen on going out. And again, it's most likely driven by the fact that New Year's Eve typically is a very you know, exciting, but busy and big occasion. And maybe when people are still feeling a bit hesitant about being in large groups, they're safer at home with a small group of friends or their family and doing something. But to mark the occasion, getting a nice takeaway or doing a fun home kit that involves some sort of fun cooking or activity um, makes the night in feel a bit more special as opposed to just having a normal night in and eating what they'd eat during the week. So I definitely think there's an opportunity there for something a bit more exciting or premium um, 
and some festive versions as well of home kits and takeaways definitely yeah I totally agree I think takeaway the pandemic just pushed takeaway to the next level that's great thank you both there's loads of ideas there to help with what will hopefully be a prosperous Christmas for the industry thank you so much for joining me Holly you're welcome thanks for having me back Joe. no problem at all and thank you so much for joining the podcast for the first time Laura oh thank you I've really enjoyed it um I hope you have me back again If you're looking for more support on how to make this Christmas special, we've got the gift of plenty of resources available on our website. This includes our full Christmas range and all the tips and guidance for this year. You can find all of this information at bidfood.co.uk forward slash Christmas. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do rate and follow the podcast on whatever platform you use. But until next time, goodbye.